AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by for and about people who have found a secular path to sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. Welcome to another uh, Friday night live stream. Uh, Angela and I are here to talk about the role that music may play in our recovery. And uh, I think that we'll just make this a very light and easy episode. Uh, Angela and I both actually have um, uh, allergies today and are not at our best. (laughs) So (laughs) if you would, if you'd like to help this podcast along, please feel free to call in at our toll free number. We'll be posting that here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, it's great. It's great to be here. Uh, Angela, how are you doing over there? Um, I'm hanging in there. As Good. you can tell from my voice, I'm a, I've got some allergies going on and, uh, and they have, yeah, they've, they've been wreaking havoc on my sinus system today. So I'm a little, little scratchy sounding and stuff, but, but I am doing okay. Yeah, no, same, same here. And, you know, storms are moving in or some, something's going on with the weather, but um, the dog still gets a walk though. So after the podcast, I got to take the dog for a walk and then I'm going to ah, call it a night. So nice. Yes. I'm going to be drugging mine in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's better proved. It's Benadryl. So, oh yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But, that, that stuff uh, knocks yeah. me out. Yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't knock me out, but it does make it a little bit easier because of the fireworks. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to put the dog on Benadryl. Is that what you're yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm not knocking myself. You're like you're knocking yourself out. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this show and. Uh... I, can't, I can't stand fireworks. I'm gonna knock myself out and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I'm, that's I'm right. Fully, yeah. yeah, I know. My no. dog's gonna go crazy too. The cats don't like it either. But... Yeah, yeah. These, so these animals are not very patriotic, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, anyway, so yeah, music, so, music, music and recovery. So. So, um, yeah. first of all, I, you know, you know, this is going to be an interesting, interesting uh, topic, I think, because I'll probably learn more about how I actually um, incorporate music in my recovery than I've ever even given it any thought. I don't really think of myself as one who listens to a lot of music. You know, I was really more into music probably in my drinking days, which was a million years ago, uh, mm-hmm. because the music was always surrounding me whenever I was drinking, you know, um, and, uh, I, and sometimes, uh, I think the music uh, I listen to, I, tr- I, I usually don't tell people that what music I listen to, cause I'm almost embarrassed if <laughs> I buy it. Um, but you know, um, yeah, occasionally I'll, 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 I'll like to listen to Waylon Jennings and just kind of kick back and relax. So yeah, that, that's, that's my confession. So. <laughs> well, I, I think among, um, hipsters at least that Waylon Jennings is, is, uh, probably okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's new stuff that, uh, that oh, is not cool. No, so, no. um, and for you, I think that's probably in the last 30 years. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so so you're know, okay. You're okay. When, when it comes to music, you know, I grew, I grew up in a house where uh, music was playing all the time. And, uh, so we had, you know, in our family, we had a living room and the television was not in the living room. Uh, the living room was just for sitting around and reading and talking and playing music. And yeah, and my uh, parents had a real eclectic taste in music. And so we had folk music playing, we had country music playing, we had um, all kinds of jazz 
you know, you name it, it was always playing in the house. So music was always kind of in the background. And um, then I, some reason, I'll, I'll just, I, 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 this is the part of me I really don't like, but for some, when, what happened to me, I, you know, I grew up in a, in a military family and we made a move from uh, New York to Kansas. And that was the most difficult move of my time growing up in the, as, as a military kid. Uh, the culture shock between New York and Kansas was was just unreal, and so we went. We went. We went. To, we lived in this little town, and my parents decided to live out in the country. And so all the people that I knew that I was meeting there, they were farm kids, and a lot of them, you know, listened to country music and stuff. So what did I start doing? I started listening to country music. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I and I and I listened to that all throughout my drinking. Um and it was like, you know, um I would love to just go to a bar and turn on a jukebox and kick back and spend about 8 or 10 hours there. Wow. So, yeah. So do you have a strong correlation between drinking and country music? Yeah, when I when I stopped drinking, um I would not listen to country music and then did not for many, many years, many, many, many years, maybe a decade or more. I, I just, I just, I couldn't listen to it. And then, um, for whatever reason, I, I did listen to some, and I'm talking the old stuff. I like, you know, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and stuff like that. But, um, so yeah, so I, I do occasionally, and it's really Waylon is my favorite to kind of kick back and listen to, to him and just kind of relax. He has a very mellow kind of, uh, uh, sound, you know, um, it's not, mm-hmm. it's nothing too, too, too heavy. Um, so that's kind of what I like. I like to do that, but I'm not just totally into that. I also just listen to, oh, just kind of any easy kind of mellow music is pretty much what I like most of the time. You know, sometimes I actually, I use the, I can't say the Alexa thing because it's going to talk to me, but I'll use, I'll use the echo and I'll just say, play mellow music, <laughs> you know, and that's, yeah. So what's your musical story? Um, well, um, growing up, uh, my mom was by the oh. Rolling Stones. Yeah. Um, although I did listen to Helen Reddy's Angie Baby, and uh, that person's, you know, kind of not not quite right. And I'm, I'm thinking that, that in that song was very popular in December of 74, which is when I was born. And, and uh, so I'm like, I think that she really, you know, did name me after that one, but um, felt that the other one was more appropriate. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've teased her about it. Um, but yeah, so um, I remember um, a lot of the Beatles and of Paul McCartney um, and Wings. Um, Band on the Run was played um, on a record player. Um, and I'm told that I, I uh, learned uh, to walk by first scooting my hands on a record cover. And so, um, so yeah, so that's uh, like my main things with music. Um, another music thing I remember was uh, when uh, John Lennon uh, died that my my mom took me to the Capitol steps and they had a, um, a kind of vigil or some sort of thing, um, 
for that. And, uh, and so, yeah, I told her that's what probably started my, my political career or whatever, <laughs> as far as activism was, uh, going to that. Um, and in the, in the house. So one of the funny things is that my mom's very tone deaf. And so even though, um, she named me after Angie, um, by the Rolling Stones, I've never, I didn't know what that tune was until I was actually close to an adult because my mom, you know, can't sing well. <laughs> and same with the Woodstock song. She, she'd sing the Woodstock song all the time, but I didn't know how it actually sounded until, until I was almost an adult. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that, that, uh, she listened to, um, not those songs specifically, because this was a time when uh, when we, you know, uh, didn't have music at our fingertips uh, as easily as we do now. Um, but uh, yeah, um, my neither parent, you know, played an instrument or anything. Uh, my dad really wanted to be a guitarist, but you know, he never. Um, never was able to sober up. <laughs> and, uh, and so I did get his guitar when he passed and I, and I have it, but, um, I haven't ever learned how to play it. Um, I did play some instruments, uh, you know, in, in, uh, junior high and I was in choir for a very long time. Um, and that was, you know, something important to me in high school and things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, the other music type stuff, uh, oh, my mom, you know, this was when I was like a preteen and my mom started doing Al-Anon and, and all of the 12 step group stuff. And, um, and so my sisters are eight and 11 years younger than me. And so she was getting, um, music <laughs> that, uh, that was more kid friendly and was, um, and so there was this guy, Peter Alsup that people can look up if they want to. Um, and he was a child psychologist who made music. And so, um, we'd listen to songs like, um, my brother threw up on my stuffed toy oh, bunny. Okay. And, uh, and then there was like the Irish seatbelt song, which I, I used to, um, well, I still do kind of um, annoy my friends with um, because you just say the word seatbelt over and over again to an, uh, the Irish jig. Um, and, uh, and I get my friends, uh, kids uh, hooked on it. And so um, they sing it every time they get into the car. Um, so those are some of the stuff that uh, that as a kid, my experience with country music was that uh, my mom hated it. Um, and uh, she also hated acapella music, which I was in choir, so I loved acapella music. Um, and so when we get into a fight, I would storm into my bedroom and play Garth Brooks or some other acapella type band at top volume. So all of my friends were, were playing like Guns N' Roses or something like that to annoy their parents. And I was playing Friends in Low Places. And uh, yeah, and it, and it worked. I mean, she'd be, you know, banging on my door yelling at me. Um, so, you know, <laughs> as a kid, you have to rebel in some way. And, and that, that was my experience with, uh, with country music. Um, but uh, yeah, it, what got me thinking about this as a, as a thing to talk about um, was that uh, I was thinking about the first concert I went to after I got sober, um, because, you know, when I was drinking, um, I, I went to a lot of shows. I, I you know, um, was very uh, into going to um, 
live music venues and and things and and apparently i went to several um that i don't remember because i i i i know i distinctly remember coming to the next morning um and i had uh this band's um pins and stickers and all sorts of stuff you know on my person um on my clothes and stuff so apparently they had a show the night before and i attended it um and so hopefully it went well for them i don't know um um, but after after getting sober, um, yeah, that was one of the things I remember being concerned about. Like, you know, how do you do that? And is it any fun anymore? And, uh, you know, will I, you know, enjoy it? And uh, the first one that I can recall going to was um, I took my mom and it was uh, the Rolling Stones. And uh, I think I was like um, two months sober. So I, I probably had about about a little over 60 days and um and the opening band was blue october and um and it was their very first time opening um for the rolling stones and so this was like their breakthrough type of a thing they already had a couple songs on on the radio that were popular but um this was the first time touring with a a really big group and uh and so that was kind of cool um because um you know for those of you who, are, who aren't, aren't familiar with Blue October, um, their lead singer um, usually discusses being one of us and uh, and the journey he's made. Um, you know, the difference between uh, his sobriety and mine, from what I can tell, is that he's a, a Texan and so um, seems to lean much more towards a specific higher power. And uh, but otherwise, um, you know, there's a I I really liked a lot of their songs when I was getting sober because they were very emotional and and um you know um yeah just lots of high emotions and frustration and depression and all of that kind of stuff which sometimes is cathartic to listen to and uh and so that was my first concert and you know I've been to many more since then but uh but you know I was kind of thinking about that and wondering what other people's experiences were with you know with music in their life, um, you know, I, there's a, a, a place here uh, called The Hive, um, which is for sober musicians, a place where they can get together and, and jam or record or learn new things um, because it's, uh, you know, it's a concern for a lot of musicians of how, how do I do this um, sober? Will I be good, any good anymore at it? And, uh, and so it's a supportive environment. Um, and then I've, I've seen in meetings where people talk about that, uh, that they played or were in bands or, you know, something to do with music and that it went to the wayside because of their drinking, of course. (laughs) And so after they got sober, then they were able to, you know, pick it back up again. And now it's one of the things, part of their toolkit um, for staying sober um, in recovery is, you know, playing their instrument. Isn't that interesting? um, You know, I taught, I talked to a couple of musicians not too long ago who are in recovery and I asked them both if, it was um, more difficult for them um, after they stopped drinking to perform because I was thinking that maybe the drinking helped them help, um, you know, be more creative. It, it maybe lowered their, their inhibitions or anything like that. They said they were it was just the opposite. Uh, uh-uh, no, yeah. they're actually better now sober and they enjoy it more. And it was not difficult for them at all to get back into to music, even though they could, they were drinking and drugging when they were performing, when they right. got clean and sober, it was no problem for them to just move on and do it clean and sober. Yeah. I yeah. found that really interesting. 
Yeah, no, I think there's there's definitely that kind of myth of the the artist of you know you have to stay right. <laughs> drunk or messed up or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not not necessarily um, true. But yeah, so. Um, but you know, um, I remember the first concert that I went to. And it was interesting. I it was in the 1990s, and I went to see Bruce Springsteen. This was my first concert when I was sober. And the concert before that, believe it or not, was back in the 1970s, and it was Joe Walsh. And the difference between going to a, a concert in the 1970s and the 1990s is like night and day. So, like in the 1970s, when you went to a concert, um, at this this was a huge arena, and I mean the uh-huh. whole place was just full of marijuana smoke. That's the way it mm-hmm. was, you know. Just, just that was it. In the 1990s, there was like no nobody smoking dope. No, it's like it's kind of different, you know. So it was nice to be able to sit back and just kind of listen to the listen to the music. And I do enjoy music. I like I like live music. I like to, um, you know, a performer like Bruce Springsteen, for example. He's just absolutely incredible. The energy that that guy has to just uh, perform the way that he does. And then I've been to some smaller concerts too um, at bars, you know, here in Kansas City. And I don't really have any problem with that. Um, I, the first time I did it, oh boy, I was sober, I don't know, maybe five years or so. And I went with some other people in AA, but we went specifically to hear the band and it was a good time. I didn't have any problem. Didn't really think about drinking or anything. That's not something I, I would have done, um, on my own the first year, maybe cause I was pretty shaky, Yeah, um, but that was just me. Cause I was shaky that first year. But um, actually, the first couple of years, I was pretty shaky. But um, yeah, and, and and now it wouldn't bother me to do something like that at all now. So and I've done it a few times. Uh, my wife and I have gone out and I've gone out with some friends before to listen to music. So, yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, I still do. And uh, well, not right now. <laughs> yeah, we can't now. <laughs> prior to March. Prior to March. Um, yeah. Yeah. I used to used to still go to I didn't go to as many of the arena shows because I'm, I'm at an age where where I prefer everybody has, a, you know, their assigned seat and uh, and that um, that it's frowned upon to have your phone out and, and things like that. So not as many arena shows, but um, but yeah, still still go and I I last summer I went to to Blue October and uh and you know listen to how their uh show has evolved um you know some of their music you can very much tell is influenced by uh 12-step recovery um let's see one of their their songs uh I think on the last album um was uh I hope you're happy and it's basically a, a song um, that sounds kind of like that advice that you get on um if you hate somebody or dislike somebody that you should pray for them you know um and uh is is that like part of the seventh uh, step uh prayer or something I don't know it's been no, so long no. um but there's one there's one that uh that I remember people talking about of that their sponsor would tell them that they needed to to pray for that person to get what they wanted in life and to be happy and to you know all of that kind of stuff and so this song is is uh it goes along that those lines and so um so it's kind of uh, kind of funny when uh, and fun when you can kind of hear in a artist um some similar themes uh that you hear uh in recovery um Sia's uh, another uh, performer that I hear a lot of that in her music it seems very much about being resilient and um 
And so I like her a lot. And Alanis Morissette, um, it's been fun uh, kind of watching her journey as well. She's very, very smart as well as, you know, skilled in what she does. Um, and so a lot of her music uh, really is uh I listen to and, and helps me in, in some of my thought and, and uh, catharsis and, and things like that with music. You know, I'm trying to find someone. There, there's a YouTuber who's actually, she's in our um, Facebook group too, but she, I really like her. She has a YouTube channel. She, she's from, I think she's from the, I think she's from, oh shoot, she's from Central America. And, um, she, I really like her music. She's just real. She's got a real positive, happy, upbeat sound. She does sing about recovery and, um, she makes really great videos. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to find her real quick on YouTube. If I can't find it, I'll find it. I'll find it again later. And, um, yeah, she's from Central America. I'm sorry. I can't remember. I'm thinking, I don't, can't remember. I'll just, I'll think, (laughs) I'll think of it later. But I wish I, I wish I would have thought of her. I, I might want to reach out to her sometime and see if yeah, she might want to I come on the podcast. Great. She, I just really like her music. I mean, I like the, I like the, uh, the energy that she puts into it. The, the, the and the, the, her videos are just amazing. The quality of the videos she does. And that's not easy to do. So I'll think of her. I'll put, I'll, I'll put, I'll have to link her to the website later on, but. Sounds good. Yeah. So, you know, but that's interesting. She does that on YouTube. And, you know, when you were talking about COVID, I was thinking about the conversation I was having with some musicians that were in recovery. And both of them were telling me how tough they were having it right now because of COVID. They can't get out and perform. Right. Yeah. It's really difficult. So they have to find different ways of doing it. And maybe YouTube is is one, but, you know, you got to make money too. Right. So, yeah. And it's kind of off the topic a little bit, but. Nope, anything music I think should 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 go right now. But music can also be used as like sort of like um, to help with meditation, you know? Yeah, yeah. When I was writing um, my inventory for the first time, there was um, a CD that I had and... Um, and it, uh, it was basically one of those ones, I think it was called Women's Retreat. And, um, and it was one of those ones with just kind of like the soothing noises and, you know, water and waves and whispering trees. And then, you know, kind of almost Enya without any singing. And, uh, and I listened to that over and over again during my writing um, inventory. And, uh, and my, my sponsor sponsor um at the time was like I, I think it helped you know you did a really good job I'm like great great so <laughs> so yeah so I still have that I think I listened to it uh, last when oh when I had sinus surgery uh, last year um for a deviated septum I listened to that to keep me calm you know um, because it was very very painful and and uh in my recovery um but uh yeah that was one one that I remember uh, being helpful and and calming and, and creative, you know, the, the sound was something that helped me be able to kind of push some of the, the extra stuff in my brain to the side while I tried to work on, on things that uh, were more helpful for my recovery. Yeah. So that pretty much does the topic of, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nobody <laughs> wants to talk about music. <laughs> okay. It'd be great if we actually played music. We could, uh, we could do that, but um, no, no problem. So I, you know, kind of talking about something else. I, um, I, I, I was, 
I can't, I, this is kind of interesting. This COVID thing is going to be going on a lot longer than, than, um, you know, I've ever anticipated and it's going to really change, you know, it's already changed the way that, that we are doing our recovery, but I'm thinking about me personally too. Um, you know, our group, um, I don't know when we're going to ever meet in person again. Uh, the, the church where we meet isn't going to, um, meet again. They're, they they are not going to have services until like in 2021 in May of 2021. Right. Um, but they'll still let groups meet there, but only with 10 people at a time and they have to keep a distance and they have to wear masks and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's kind of been, I've just been kind of pondering that lately about, um, you know, what's going to become of our, my group. Um, am I drifting away from it? Because I'm not even going to the online meetings as much anymore. I'm just, I'm kind of finding another avenue, I guess, through, through my recovery. But, um, I don't know, that's been kind of on my mind a little bit is, have you been thinking about that at all? Um, we talk about it a little bit in um, in our group and like at business meetings and stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it is changing um, and uh, will morph into something slightly different. Um, our our meeting too is uh, at the, we meet at the Unitarian Fellowship and and you know they stay up on things and as far as I know, um, last we've heard, they're not planning on doing anything um, in their building for quite a while. Um, and so yeah, so we keep with our our two meetings. A week um, and we're still planning um, even if things do open at some time to to keep yeah one of those uh, meetings the, the Thursday one going and then people who you know can do the Tuesday one will but you know who knows what what'll happen during that time um, you know um, people go in and out still just like they always have in in AA so it depends on who's part of the group at that time and what kind of decisions they make and and uh, in business meetings and stuff on on how things go forward i know that one of the things we've talked about is um we had been uh getting ready to do a a group inventory and we had put that on hold because it was like right as this was starting and so one thing that you know we'll probably consider in the next few months is whether we're going to do a group inventory um online for our zoom meetings so that it'll be based on how we're doing and all of those uh group inventory categories um, with the Zoom meeting in mind and not our traditional um, in-person meeting. So so I think that'll be interesting. Um, I'm impressed at how organized your group is. My my group, they don't even know a group inventory. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, for a long time, we didn't. So, you know, again, our our group's been going for about, uh, what, 12 years now. I, yeah, twelve years, and so we did. We didn't for a very long time, and uh, and that's again something as as people go in and out of of meetings and uh, decide to be part of groups and come from different areas and stuff. Some of them have more uh, service experience than others, and um, and yeah, and so that's kind of how ours has evolved into um, people being there that want to do um, more work um, at the the district and area level, which is great um and um and so yeah it was suggested that we do an an inventory and so we had somebody look at the current uh, pamphlet on doing a group inventory 
um, by GSO <laughs> and, uh, and see if there was anything that we needed to adjust, you know, because of our, our special group. Um, but there, there really wasn't anything. Most of the, the questions are very uh, standard, um, you know, group questions don't have to do with uh, a higher power or anything like that. And, um, and I remember doing one in a traditional group in, in early sobriety, like in my first year. But, you know, I couldn't remember what, we, what it was about really, or what the questions were. I just remember that we all had to get, you know, together for like an entire day, it seemed like, and uh, talk about all of these questions and, you know, ad nauseum. It was, <laughs> it was a very long process. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, so doing it online or, or some sort of uh, way electronically will definitely be easier. Um, it's, it probably won't have the same effect as, as um, it used to. Um, when groups did that, because I, I think it wasn't just about um, doing the inventory and finding out what people thought, you know, was good or bad. I think it was kind of like how service work in AA is is thought of is that, you know, it's kind of supposed to help you get along with other humans in general <laughs> and develop. And so it won't be the same kind of thing. You won't, you won't get that part of it. Um, but it'll, it'll still be effective in helping the group um, make changes if necessary to, to help people. Um, so yeah, um, our group is organized because yeah, I guess we've been around for a while and, uh, and we have a, a lot of tech people in our group and so um so i think that's part of it too is that um they're very much uh systems <laughs> type of people and so getting some things done and organized is uh is something that they enjoy doing i very briefly had a thought flash through my brain that i'm that i let leave and i'm never going to put it back in there again and it was let's do a group inventory for the facebook group uh uh-uh, ain't gonna do yeah, it yeah never gonna happen. No. yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's never gonna happen. Would, yeah, I, I think some people would would be interested in that, and uh, yeah, and that would that would be really uh, really. Facebook groups are really interesting. I tell you, that's an, that's yeah. another that's another life of recovery now in 2020 is um, you it know is. all this online stuff, and there's a lot more people involved with um, you know social media and in, in recovery now. So uh, you know our our. AA Beyond Belief Facebook group has, I don't know how many people in there now. Lots and lots of people. Um, I thousands. think you have like 1,700 1,700 people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. most of those have come on like just in the last three or four months, I think. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Because I think we talked about it at a board meeting when I was still part of that, um, like the numbers in the groups. Um and uh, and that at that time, I think they were trying to get rid of all of the bots. And so your group went under a thousand, I think it was. Wasn't that it? Yeah. And so now, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it's grown a lot. Well, it's interesting because the people that have joined that group, a lot of them do not go to secular A meetings. They don't have a secular A meeting in their in their community but they're interested in a secular AA meeting, but their, but their experience in AA is for the most part, pretty traditional. You know, the only difference is that they just don't happen to have a belief in a God or higher power or whatever, but otherwise they're pretty much the same as AA. And those people have come in and they've mixed with this whole other group of people that have been around secular AA meetings, whatever, for a long time, who might not, might not have that, that connection to the traditional AA. And it's kind of interesting to watch the two worlds kind of collide. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and people are in different phases of their, 
understanding and their growth. And, and so, um, you know, there's always, you know, people that have to get something off their chest about AA or something. And, oh boy, it's just, it's, it's just, um, it's something else, but, um, right. Yeah. It's a process like everything else. It's a process. There are some people in the chat room who are still talking about music, by the way. <laughs> Bree actually uh, mentioned that she, that she was at an AA meeting where there was a group discussion that, that um, evolved into songs about recovery. And she says that, that um, people in NA have had topics like that a lot. We actually had that one time. Jenny from our group played a song at um, our meeting, and then we actually talked about that as the topic. It was a really good meeting, too. Yeah, we've had that as well. Somebody brought in, like, one of those little uh, speaker box things and uh, and printed out the lyrics to the song that they brought. And so, yeah, so we all looked at that and talked about it, and and that was cool. That was fun. Another thing that you don't – probably you don't see in, in traditional no, meetings. No. Um, that was really was, a good meeting. And she did the same thing. She printed out the lyrics and I love this. I love the song, but it happened to be a, a band that she went to see like the night before, a couple nights before she was really moved by the music. So she, she wanted to, um, you know, use that as a topic. And then Jackie here says that music gave her an outlet for her intense emotions and early recovery. I used to go through yeah. some rituals so important to me to this day. Nice. Well, I want to hear about those. So Jackie should call in. <laughs> I, I want to hear about the, the music rituals. What does that mean? And were goats involved? That's all I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is. It is. It is a nice outlet, actually. Um, it's, uh, you know, sometimes another thing I like, though, um, beyond music, which I really enjoy probably more than music is live theater when my wife and I get to do that, um, that helps that, that touches me, uh, and reaches me in a, in a way that, um, you know, maybe reading or going to a movie doesn't. And usually the plays, um, are more, are more interesting, you know, than um, there's a lot of depth and complexity to them. And I miss that because we don't get to do that anymore either. But, um, yeah, all this fun stuff we can't do anymore. It kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it uh, it's definitely uh, changed, and um, and yeah, I think we'll go through some mourning stuff for it. You know, hopefully we'll you know get a vaccine, and and uh, but I, I think a lot of things are going to change, and and if it is still a long time coming, you know, perhaps there'll be ways that they can do it. I, I know that that I've enjoyed on YouTube, you know, some of the different. Um, musical theater uh, companies and stuff, putting together things where they're all in different places. And it's still fun for me. Um, you know, no, it's not the same as going to a show and stuff, but, um, but I still, you know, enjoy it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, I don't know what the future is going to hold for, for things like that. You know, um, I, I think with a, a band, it might, I, you know, be okay because you need lots of space for lots of instruments or, you know, an orchestra or something, you know, can you do six feet apart? You'll have to definitely go to bigger venues. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard for the people who are involved in that, who it's their livelihood. And we have some people in our home group who it's their livelihood and, and, uh, and so not being, able to have theater and, and stuff right now is, is really tough. 
Do you remember seeing um, the films uh, on, t- on television, anyway, the reports in Italy where people would go out on their balcony and like play the saxophone or they'd play yeah. the violin or something like that? Yeah. I thought that was so beautiful and touching. Um, yeah. We had something like that in our neighborhood. Just one guy was playing a, um, um, oh boy, it's that, it's that Scottish instrument, bagpipes. He's playing the bagpipes. <laughs> actually, there were two of them. A husband and wife were playing the bagpipes together. <laughs> yeah, it was actually really pretty. And, and so I was walking the dog and um, I hear this bagpipe music. So I walk down and all the neighbors are out there listening to this husband and wife uh, playing the bagpipes. And I, me and the dog sat there and, and listened as well. It's kind of nice to hear, hear some music in a time like that, you know, and, and everybody being together like that too, of course, at a distance. Right. But still. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was nice. I can yes. understand what those people in Italy were doing. Yeah, definitely. It is nice to be be around people at a distance, but it's, you know, yeah, the, the difficult thing is some of the stuff that you're used to, to doing. Like uh, my partner, even um, when he had to have somebody come and look at the, the HVAC um, at the beginning of summer, because uh, ours went out <laughs> over at that house. Um, you know, I'm still over with my mom, um, but uh, across town at that house, that he went to go shake his hand because he, you know, forgot that, you know, I mean, that's kind of just what he's used to doing when you have somebody to come and, and work on your house. You go up to shake their hand and show them, you know, what you need help with. And uh, yeah, and so and little things like that are, are difficult. Oh. We got a caller. Let's see who this is. Hello. Come on, don't you know my number yet? Oh, hi, Jackie. How are Jackie. You? <laughs> hi, Jackie. <laughs> hey, Angela. You're coming in loud and clear tonight, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. Thank God. I don't know what that was last week. I'm sorry about that. Oh, um, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give you guys a break since you're both in uh, such bad shape. So I thought I would sing for us for the last 20 minutes. (laughs) But I did did want to talk about my ritual and the goats that were involved. (laughs) No, there were no goats involved. But um, uh, no, actually, a couple of things, you know, I know, I know some uh, local local artists uh, here in the Baltimore area who, of course, aren't performing. Um, and they're local to the Baltimore area, but they, you know, they fly all over the place and perform and even out of the, the country. And um, what they've started doing in downtown Baltimore are like um, similar to what you were talking about in Italy, similar and not like doing these um, concerts outside, like going from door to door. And um, and people are like going on Venmo and offering them money. And, you know, because oh, you're wow. right. I mean, John, like you were saying, YouTube can be. Uh, a venue for them, but they also still have to make money, you know? So it's been a really nice supportive community. Not, not anything about recovery, but about music. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then <Right. laughs> trying to, trying to stay in there. Um, but then the, um, I did want to talk a little bit, you know, when I first got sober, I was really into the Indigo Girls uh, band and uh, they just like, spoke right to me like their lyrics and I I literally thought they were writing about recovery and I wish they might have been they just weren't they weren't talking about like uh, recovery from alcohol and drugs I don't think but um but it was so intense and I would just listen to the music so loud and you know I was 26 or so and um it was so cathartic and helpful and then I 
I did this, I did do this ritual with one of their songs where a bunch of women sat in the backyard and I burned some old pictures and it was just incredibly helpful, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think this is a pretty cool topic because I do think, uh, I do think music is important and I would be remiss if I didn't say that Angela's taste in music is unbelievable. She uh, recently made a playlist for me and it was like, I mean, just all over the place. It was so great. And uh, so I think she should uh, put some of those playlists out <laughs> somehow. I, there's, I don't know if you, I mean, if you're not selling them, I think you can, Angela. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty great. So, all right. Yeah. 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 Thanks. So, um, yeah. So, thanks you guys for feeling like crap and still showing up. It's really wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, I remember when you first started doing this, and uh, you know how helpful it's been. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Hey, keep coming back. I'll talk yeah, to you. Yeah, you know, later. it's funny, Jackie. When we started doing this, and that was a long time ago now, I had no idea we'd still be doing it for this long. I we had no idea what we were getting into. But anyway, <laughs> here, we <are>. right. <laughs> here we yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I give you a lot of credit and you can tell by the people who either, you know, are, are here posting live or, and I know a ton of my friends listen to it afterwards. So, um, so yeah, people are still really engaged, I think. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's a, it's a good time just to get together. And, you know, there, are, we got a message from somebody, um, Angela, let me mm-hmm. scroll back, Denise, she wants us mm-hmm. to do a morning, um, stream for people in Europe. She lives in the UK. And I know that you mm-hmm. and I were talking about that and I would be totally okay if you want to do that. Like, you know, every once in a while on a Saturday or a Sunday or something, yeah. you know, in the morning we could do a, um, a live stream for, uh, you know, the time zone outside of the United States, you know, the, you know, you know, the, the Europe, for example, <laughs> Europe and Africa, all of those places that aren't the United right. States, right, yeah, there's a lot of them, yeah. it turns out quite a few, yeah, yeah so, so we'll do that, we'll have to do that, be, you guys, that'll be nice, you guys need some sleep, man, <laughs> oh god, yeah, I know, uh, <laughs> yeah 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 it's been hang a week. in there uh yeah i Thanks. can't i can't wait till this is over because i do i do i'm looking forward to traveling and 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 meeting you guys coming to your home groups you know i just uh, that's the one thing this quarantine has done is it's really uh i've made some friends all over the country so um and out of the country actually and there's places outside the u.s so um so yeah so yeah that's the weird thing about it it's it's kind of torn down boundaries hasn't it and borders it's like you you go yeah. to meetings wherever a meeting is and yeah 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 so. and and john opposite of you you said that you you haven't been uh, i think you said that some of the zoom meetings have kind of fallen off for you and i didn't go to a ton of in-person meetings i went to like basically one a week my home group and then we just started this new secular meeting uh right as the quarantine started so um so I'm certainly going to two, and then I, I usually go to uh, Angela's home group and then some other places, and I've actually gone to more. It's weird. So, you know what it is about. You know what it is is um. So I I work at home, of course, now, and so mm-hmm. I'm I'm on um. Uh, we use Microsoft Teams, but I'm on the video screen all the time, all day long, Ugh. working mm-hmm. at this desk. So then it's like. I just get a little burned out of um, looking at people through a screen. Mm, it just burns me sense. out yeah. a little bit. I hear you. 
And uh, so I don't know. I, I think that I've just needed to take some breaks and I'm very busy at work right now, um, partly because of COVID and it's just got us, um, it can be a little stressful. And uh, so I'm, I've just been kind of winding down at night instead of going to the meetings, but I do like going to the meetings and I should try to make that part of my routine. But yeah, the whole thing about having to get on zoom is starting to burn me out just a little bit, just a little bit. I hear that. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll end with this funny thing. I, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a Zoom meeting, and I, it's just it's it still can be such a bizarre way to um, you know to, to communicate. And so I was listening to somebody, and sometimes I'm not going to lie, I'll be on my phone at the same time, and I got distracted, and I thought, oh oh, that sounds really interesting, and I literally thought I could rewind and listen and I was like oh no this is live like it was just a bizarre headspace like I don't know it's like no you're live in a meeting this is these are real people you know it was just bizarre Uh, so so I feel you it's not the same as as being with people so anyway well listen guys I don't want to okay I'm sorry I'm I'm in a negative mood I'm complaining about everything having to do with COVID She didn't want me to bring yeah. people down, but I can't help it. <laughs> John, you'll, John, you'll I am a support. mental health therapist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so happy I called in. I think you need to talk. I do. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm. I am gonna let you guys go. I don't want to hog your. I always feel weird about calling in. Like I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just a regular. But whatever. You, if you don't, just don't answer next time if you don't want me to. Oh no, it's always <laughs> nice to hear from you. Thanks for calling, Jackie. Yeah, thank okay, you, Jackie. Be well, you guys. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. All right, take care. Bye. So Bree is reminding me that our free thinkers group does meet at Loose Park here, which is like park here in Kansas City. They do wear masks. Uh, they do do their social distance and everything. I have not been to one of those meetings, but they're also having the online meetings too. Right. So I think, you know, Bree has been really active in our group and, and the We Agnostics group and the free thinkers group. And so she knows. Way to represent Bree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She knows what's going She knows what's <laughs> going, going on. Um, yeah. There. Don't ask John if you want to know what's going on yeah, with the, the with stuff in KC. Yeah. You need anymore. to contact Bree. Yeah. So. But yeah. We have, we have a, we really have a nice group. I do, I do, I do. I've always enjoyed the, the people in both groups. I mean, just very, very nice, relaxed group you know and there's mm-hmm. just everybody seems to get along and is, are very supportive of one another and you know it's just a nice nice group of people so I don't get to see all of them anymore because a lot of them won't do the zoom uh, meetings but uh, th- those that do every time I do see them man I always I always leave happy with a smile on my face so something special yeah. about your home group isn't there yeah yeah i think so um and and with ours i again you know this whole thing is has morphed it a little bit and so we have these people um from all across the country and and other countries um that come to our meeting regularly and so i think it it would feel weird uh at least to me um if i didn't see them anymore you know um because for what since March our our stuff started at I think the the second week of March we've been having these meetings and and I've been seeing these people and and so it feels like you know they're part of my home group and they feel like a part of the home group and so um so yeah so again like Jackie said you know we all look forward to the time when we're able to 
meet each other in person um, and you know everybody's going to be flying all over the place and yeah that time maybe, will come yeah and so that'll be nice but again you know i it's our, our meeting has changed and uh but i think it's it's for the better We're, we have you know some really cool people that that um we didn't know existed um until this started and uh and so i'm i'm enjoying that part um and uh, and you know conserving uh, energy and and mm-hmm. being more eco friendly because I'm not driving around That's right. everywhere and That's right. uh, you know so so there are some some positives you kind of have to reach oh, I know. for it. I sometimes, don't ever buy gas anymore. You but know. Uh, but yeah, so there's some some things like that. Um, also, I'm not spending a lot on clothing and uh, you know makeup and stuff like that. You know, yeah, so I've got some good savings in there. So. So, you know, I'm doing okay with that. And, and, uh, um, yeah, so, so it's, it's not all doom and gloom. I'm gonna have to catch um, up with Bree. They had a group conscience meeting, I guess. I need to figure out what they were talking about. <laughs> I wonder if they were talking about possibly meeting again. I don't know. Ah. Because the, the church is going to let groups meet under those very strict conditions. I, I'm not going to do it, but you know, there might be some people who will. So anyway. Interesting. Wow, only like a 10 minutes long group. Yeah, office. yeah, yeah. That's, they're pretty for efficient. A while we, yeah, for a while <laughs> we did that. When I was leading them, I, um, I, made, I had everybody put everything away, including the chairs, so that we were standing. So I, I had standing business meetings for the home group. And uh, fortunately, some more people came along and, and accepted service positions. And so now we have a, a, a more professional group that, uh, that at least, you know, um, does the, you know, asks if, uh, if everybody agrees and if someone disagrees on, on different ideas. Um, whereas mine was definitely a, a like 10 minutes type thing because we're all standing there um but no these days we have we have pretty in-depth discussions and and uh people argue with each other um, and try to be put well they they try to be polite i mean that's good that you can argue and and still get along yeah 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 that's really Um, difficult to do you know i I always i always dread that about a business meeting because inevitably you're going to disagree with somebody that's what the business meeting is about is to talk about what you you know to come yeah to come together on things so um you know, one of the more controversial business meetings that we had was one of our early ones. We we were meeting every, we, we'd have a business meeting every three months, no matter what. And um, when we started our, when our, our meetings, there's no moment of silence before and there's no anything like that. Well, um, one of our controversial meetings, and it was my fault for making it controversial, um, somebody <laughs> wanted to have the moment of silence to start the meeting. Oh, I was just going nuts on that. You know, some people didn't didn't mind having a moment of silence, but I just hated the moment of silence. And I'm like, well, how are you going to force me to be silent? You know, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. you know, or or, or if I don't want if I don't want to participate in your moment of silence, what am I supposed to do? Just make a bunch of noise or something? I don't want to be in a moment of silence. So anyway, I, I was I, I gave it a, I, I, I that, that was the most controversial thing. But the thing about it was is that they they kept bringing it up at every freaking meeting for like, you know, the first mm-hmm. three or four meetings or whatever. But 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 I. I'm glad that I shouted out down that moment of silence um, petition. I so, see. Oh, Dave, Dave, um, Dave, actually um, I have your podcast coming up. I think it's going to be, I have to send it to you, Dave. Uh, I, I recorded, he, he just made a comment there, but um, I, I recorded a podcast with him. He's a comedian 
and he's um, also in recovery. He's been sober for like 40 years, I think. Really nice guy. I haven't seen him for a little while, but I did a podcast with him, got it all edited and everything. I'm going to get ready to post that. I think, I think it's going to be next week, but anyway, he just reminded me when I saw him there. <laughs> but you know, what happened is like last weekend, Dave, I did, I edited your podcast and like four or five others, I guess. All, all It was crazy, a crazy productive week. And uh, since then, I haven't done anything. <laughs> right? But, yeah, Dave's a good guy. But now, see, now David is somebody that I met because of um, our online meetings, and mm-hmm. and I've gotten to be friends with Bree because of the online meetings. You know, I I, I met her at the face to face meetings, but for some reason, I never really talked to her after the meetings or anything like that. But now I'm good friends with her. You know, so and oh, I find cool. that we have a lot in common too. So. Um, she also was a country music listener in the 70s and 80s, and she appreciates the kind of music I was listening to. So there you go. Yeah. Therefore, that's all you should have to say to vouch for, for Brie. <laughs> nice. But, you know, yeah. the thing about country music, I think one reason I stopped listening to it is so much of the country music had to do with drinking. And a lot of the um, songs that I would uh, listen to back then in the seventies and the eighties, they were, they, they pretty much were all um, kind of drinking and rowdy type um, country and Western songs as was my thing. So yeah, when I sobered up, man, I just, I, I totally remember just turning that crap off and not listen to it again. So anyway, there's, there I go back into the music thing. Tracy says, <laughs> thanks Angela. Your group is so welcoming. Feel so at home. Love the zoom meetings. Yeah. I think that there's Dave. Yeah, Dave's a good guy. I love you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> he's got a good sense of humor too. He, well, he's a professional at this humor. Yeah, I was so going to say, he has I, to. I, I really hope so. I really hope so. Yeah. yeah if he doesn't have a sense of humor, he's kind of out of luck. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, my my little sister, when she was, uh, I think she was four or five and was picking up phrasing. So I think she was four and she told my mom one time that she had a wonderful sex of humor. Um, (laughs) Ever since then we joke about that whenever we're talking about (laughs) sense of humor. Uh, Yeah. I just said it to my mom the day before yesterday or something. I'm, I was talking about, oh, actually, it was it was yesterday. Um, uh, so one of my sponsees has COVID-19, and, and I was making them um, casseroles because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, I guess, um, when, you know, people are, are going through tough times is you make casseroles. Um, and so I've only been doing that since I got sober, and it's something I picked up. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and so I had messaged to her that it didn't turn out very, very well. And, um, and she's like, well, you know, that's okay because I, I can't uh, taste or smell anything. I'm like, oh right, that's I, I guess that's a bonus, yay! <laughs> and and uh, I told my mom, you know, not everybody appreciates my sex of humor, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, she laughed at that. So, <laughs> oh man, I sure wish them the best. That's tough. That's really yeah, tough, boy. Yeah. So yeah. So this person and then her partner, um, or partner husband also has it and they're 21 year old and and the husband um uh had a an organ transplant um and he's under 40 um two years ago and so it's it's um it's really difficult and uh you know um this is kind of the first uh one that's been close to home for me 
of somebody getting it and and um, and trying to be supportive at a distance. So this this distancing thing is uh, is difficult for that too because there's only so much you can do. You can't go and give someone a hug and say, "Hey, we'll walk through this together." I mean, you can say it, but we technically, you know, can't walk through it together. <laughs> and uh, and so it's it's um, it's new and it's uh, it's different. But um, yeah. Um, I'm, that's the way it is. And, and that's part of the secular recovery thing is that, you know, I try to deal with reality and what's actually happening and being present and, uh, you know, and hoping for the best, you know, we'll see what goes on with this and, and I'll share what I can with you guys, at at least for what's happening with me as a, a person who cares about, um, somebody or some buddies who are, um, currently struggling with that. Uh, Jackie and anybody else who's in the chat room, um, I, I texted the link to the um, We Agnostics uh, Kansas City um, online Zoom meeting list. So you can go there and you can find out when and where our meetings are and click on them to get to them if you want to. So uh, our meetings are, t- are typically pretty small. At least they were when I was, when I, when I was last going. And, but we do occasionally have uh, two or three people from out of town, which is, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. What is small? What is what? What is small? What does small mean to oh, you? Oh, for me, like maybe um, seven, ten people. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is small. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You 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 have like what twenty or more? Um. Yeah. Yeah. And our our in person ones were were getting quite large. Um. So yeah. So they it's it's gone down. But yeah, usually the Tuesday meeting is about twenty something, sometimes thirty. Um. And then our Thursday one is is about you know fifteen to to twenty. Um. And so it's enough to have a, a decent conversation and and uh, have enough people who you know if you really want to share, you get a chance to. And and uh, on Thursdays, even if you don't want to ch- share you get a chance to so it works out pretty well for an AA meeting our in-person meetings were doing really well they were we would have, usually have about 15 to 20 people at our evening meetings um and that was just a was pretty consistent you know yeah. um, every once in a while it kind of be, it dropped down a little bit but for the most part that was pretty common but the online meetings yeah. not so much but, yeah. but you know that's all right that's all right right well and i think uh, you know when it does come to a point that we can gather together in person again i think there's going to be a lot more meetings and uh and the established ones are probably going to have a lot more people because um because we've had to connect with each other like this and uh and so there's a lot more people who know about secular meetings now so a thought just popped in my mind did you know that i think it yeah, it's already going on now. Have you checked out the um, AA.org website to see what's going on with their online conference? They have- I, I haven't. Their international conference? Yeah. I, you, you, should, you should check it out and let us know how, how yeah, things are going. It, I, think, I think there's part of me that didn't because nobody contacted um, the secular people. As far as I know, yeah. No. Once, uh, once they decided to cancel it. Um, well, I'm on the website now, the, the um, AA.org website, and I clicked on the 2020 International Convention, and it, it's going on. So if you guys are just, like, totally bored. or <laughs> I'm going to post you a playlist of songs you can listen to, and then if you really don't like that, go. No, no yeah. seriously. If you're, if you're, you know, needing some recovery and, uh, and not adverse to – traditional meetings then yeah oh they're, they're even having a flag ceremony online i guess oh that's weird 
Wow, that's that's exciting. I, I wonder if this thing is still going on. What's the <laughs> schedule of this thing? I don't know. A bunch of videos. So how are they having the? Now I'm actually kind of interested. I made fun of it, but now I'm wondering how you do a flag ceremony. I don't know. Remotely, don't know. like, do you just have different people that walk around their yard with a flag? I don't um, know. They could do like a they could do like um, a cartoon or something of it and uh, oh. people I don't know, who knows anyway. I would totally watch a cartoon <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, <laughs> we've managed to fill up an hour and we've talked maybe a little bit about about music. That's that's fine. I we I just want it was nice to chat with you, Angela. It was nice to um, talk with uh, Jackie and to and the rest of you that were um, participating in, in the chat room. It's. Uh, thank you. Um, I hope I hope we didn't bore you silly, you know, with our babble here. But uh, yeah, and Gail, Gail, get better with your your face thing. I, well, it's not your face thing. That just sounded horrible too. Gail, I hope your face feels better. Um, Gail went to the dentist, and so um, anyway, I was trying to say I hope that you feel better, but instead I said something about it. Her face. So yeah, I think we should definitely end this. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening, everybody. Um, we'll we'll be back again next Friday for another episode. We'll have a we'll have a topic of interest. Um, you know, Bree actually suggested she she texted me and she suggested that we do a topic about dating in recovery. Oh, so that's something to think about. <laughs> so anyway. Okay. Cool. So that's it. That's another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to support our site and podcast, there's a couple different ways you can do that. You can become a patron of AA Beyond Belief and go over to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash AA Beyond Belief. And for a dollar or two or three or four or five or 20 a month or whatever, you can support us. You can also make donations through PayPal at paypal.me slash AA Beyond Belief. Or just go over to our website and click on the donate button. But if you can't do it, because a lot of people can't right now, that's totally okay. We're doing fine. We're glad to do this. Y'all take care. Be well. We'll be back again next week. Bye-bye.